2: Restrictions apply. This is the Steelers preview show presented by Unibet on WDBE Pittsburgh. Here are your hosts, Mike Prasuda and Matt Williamson.
0: Good evening and welcome to the preview. Mike Prasuda along with Matt Williamson getting you ready for the Steelers and the Ravens Sunday at Heinz Field. Merrill Hodge will be joining us as always. And we've got uh, an interesting topic lined up to break down with Merrill specifically How to stop Lamar Jackson. Uh, We could probably spend uh, a lot of time, Matt, (laughs) more than an hour, but uh, maybe there's a a blueprint for at least containing him.
2: Maybe, maybe. I'm excited to have that chat with Maryland. There's been some success lately, and we know Lamar's also fought uh, some illness and whatnot. He played a very rocky game against the Browns this past week and was kind of I don't say kind of embarrassed by his performance, but then he also makes some unbelievable plays in the game, too, and the Ravens win, as usual. And it, it's been a, a crazy year for Baltimore.
0: Yeah, Steelers uh, can relate. Uh, the problem is they're 5-5-1, five, five, and one, mm-hmm. and the Ravens are 8-3. and three. Let's uh, start the show, as we always do, by updating everyone on the practice-slash-participation reports for both teams. Uh, ben Roethlisberger back to full go today for the Steelers. Uh, he did not work yesterday. Uh, Peck slash shoulder. Uh, Chase Claypool upgraded from limited to full with the toe. That's kind of managing going on there. He's had that for a while. Right. That must be why he falls down all the time.
2: <laughs> Could be. The Your toes toe. are
0: important. Yeah. Uh, Arthur uh, Millette showed up with a quad as it did not practice. That's a little concerning. Right. Because he's the nickelback.
2: And Duvernay's was- a pretty good slot. And, you know, they. And if Hayden, I'm sure we'll get to Hayden here in a minute, too. I mean, if you're down two corners, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that you've got to move some things around.
0: Yeah. And uh, if if Millett can't go at corner, at, at slot, excuse me, you would think Trey Norwood would be in line. I would think. To take that over. And the last time Trey Norwood played a lot, he didn't play hardly at all the next game. <laughs>
2: right. I guess I enough said on that one. I mean, the one thing, if Hayden does play – could you see Sutton go to the slot? Well, hold that
0: thought because yeah, Hayden did not participate not looking a, great, right? a second consecutive day. Uh, Zach Banner, illness, second consecutive day, didn't work. So much for
2: tweaking the offensive line, I guess. I guess. I mean, I still wouldn't mind some, some six offensive line sets here and there, more than two or three a game. And uh, tight end Pat
0: Fryer moves a full go for the second consecutive day. He's trying to work his way back out of the concussion protocol. Seems to be making great strides in that direction. Isaiah Bug's also, in addition today, ankle limited. He was a healthy scratch Sunday in Cincinnati. So
2: Yeah, he seems to be in the doghouse. Yeah. And now a little bit of injury on top of that. And um, Montavis Adams, it looks like he's quickly thrown into the mix after getting picked up. Um, you didn't mention Watt or Haig. They're COVID guys. I mean, we know Haig won't be there, right? And, you know, who knows about Watt? Yeah, Haig
0: just went on it today. Yeah. Uh, Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, today said he is hoping Watt can play but planning on Watt not playing. I yeah, it makes perfect sense. I thought that was revealing. Uh, Ravens have a, a long laundry list of concerns as well. That's been the case for them all year. Nice. I'll give you the highlights. Cornerback uh, Anthony Averett. Uh, limited today. He didn't work yesterday. Shoulder, ankle. They've had a lot of injuries at corner. Uh, he's one of the filling guys. Tight end Nick Boyle didn't work for the second consecutive day. He played 10 snaps against Cleveland okay. last Sunday. Boyle's a good tight end.
2: He's a good solid two-way type guy. Yeah, He's
0: coming off of a couple of knee surgeries, and they're just trying to get him to the finish line. Yeah, uh, Load management, they call it, in the NBA. <laughs> Not playing a ton. Uh, center Bradley Bozeman and... Defensive tackle, Calais Campbell, both full go. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, the outstanding cornerback. Illness, didn't practice. Uh, Outside linebacker, Adafi Owe, shoulder, didn't work today. That's a new addition to the Baltimore list. Also, fullback Patrick Ricard, foot, thigh, did not work for the second consecutive day. Some good news for Baltimore. Cornerback Jimmy Smith, a full participant. He did not play last Sunday against Cleveland, but... They could use any help they can get in the secondary.
2: Yeah, secondary is interesting because the way they drew this team up is we're going to spend at corner. We're going to play a lot of man coverage. We're going to play six defensive backs. We're going to go four deep at corner so injuries don't kill us, and we're going to blitz like crazy. Well, the Marcus Peters Peters injury early, you know, in the process that was preseason or you know training camp or whenever that happened before the season even started. Really hurt them. I mean, that really hurt that whole philosophy. And Jimmy Smith would have been the third guy. He's missed a ton of time. You mentioned Averett, who is coming, who's, who is on the uh, uh, injury report this week. He's been Waldo. You know, I mean, where's Waldo? Let's find Averett and pick on him and throw his direction time and time again. And if he's not in, I don't know who's behind him, but it can't be all that great if they can't beat out Averett because he has been targeted over and over. And this team, I know they're 8-3, and and I'm sure we'll have a lot of this discussion in the next hour. They have holes, and one of them is just downfield coverage. I mean, they've allowed a lot of big plays. averett has been victimized there a lot. Um, And, again, they're just not – some injuries hit them hard, and it's changing how they have to play. They are the 32nd-ranked pass defense, Matt. You know why they're 32nd? Two reasons. Well, there's only 32. Yeah, there there aren't 33 teams. And nobody runs on them, though, either. You know, I mean, for logical reasons. They're great against the run, and they see very little runs. I mean, the the run pass percentage against them is the lowest run percentage in the league, partially because the passing game is very fruitful for throwing on against the Ravens right now. Ravens are eight and three, but uh, I wanted to start off tonight. I
0: know uh, Steelers fans are probably still reeling after what they saw in <laughs> yeah. Cincinnati on Sunday, and it it probably doesn't look like the sky is falling. It probably looks like the sky crashed, yeah, and fell right on top of everybody's head. And uh, you know, you heard Cam Hayward uh, after the game Sunday saying, "If we pl- keep playing like this, we're not going to win another game." He's I, right. It, very real possibility <laughs> based right. on how things looked in Cincinnati, but. The Ravens at 8-3 and three are not the 85 Bears. The analogy no. I've been making is the Ravens this year are the 11-0 and Steelers last year, where they kept finding a way, kept right. getting by. Uh, things kept falling their way. And you kept wondering, boy, can they keep this up? Because I'm not overly impressed.
2: <laughs> they're not but the they best keep, team in the league, but though they though keep 11-0. winning games. I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, because that sells these guys a little short. I mean, there certainly is an art to winning close games in the NFL and if you have a coach like Tomlin, Harbaugh, Belichick, Reed that have been around the block many times and know how to uh, win those tight games certainly that's an advantage if you have an unbelievable playmaker and a former MVP like Lamar certainly an advantage if you're great on special teams that Baltimore always always is and have the best kicker in the history of the world that's certainly helpful but you can't tell me that they're not lucky to this year. I mean, they've gotten bounces at the absolute right time. The Detroit game's a perfect example. I mean, Steeler Nation lost their mind because the Steelers tied the Lions. Really, I mean, rarely do I say this team should have won, but they didn't. The Ravens should have lost in Detroit. <laughs> I mean, the clock, clock runs out and Tucker hits a 66-yarder that if it's two inches shorter doesn't go in. You know, like – it's as close as you get and they end up escaping with a tie not a, or a win not a loss and that they've had a lot of those this year and more power to them but they're not quite as good as their record
0: yeah here's here's some of the other ones and that uh, that 1917 win over the lions in week 3 yeah there was the blown delay game and the the 66 yeah, yeah. yarder off the crossbar and over prior to that there was a fourth and 19 at the Baltimore 16-yard line with 26 seconds left in regulation, <laughs> yeah. they hit a 36-yard pass to Sammy Watkins, yeah, and that, that's that's what the the positioned them to, yep. to kick the field goal. The week before, the Ravens had trailed the Chiefs by 11 in the third quarter, 35 to 24. They rallied to win 36 to 35.
2: And they caused a fumble on Edward Solaire. like on the la- as as Kansas City's closing out the game, the ball pops out, they fall on it, and they win.
0: Against Indianapolis, Baltimore's down twenty-two to three in the third quarter. Wins it thirty-one to twenty-five in overtime. Against Minnesota, Baltimore's down twenty-four to ten in the yeah. third quarter. Wins it thirty-four to thirty-one in overtime. Uh, at Chicago, Ravens did not have Lamar Jackson. Trailed the Bears thirteen to nine with one minute and forty-one seconds left in the game. Won at sixteen
2: to thirteen. That's five games, Matt. Yeah, five. From eight and three to three and eight. Yep, and I know you're not the biggest analytics believer in the world, and I, I, I it, it's up my alley. But I mean, you look at the his, the last 20 years, the history of the game. When you start looking at one score game, seven points or less, generally speaking, it all evens out, and you're pretty much fifty-fifty over the Belichick era. They were a little above 50-50. Russell Wilson's a little above 50-50. The Steelers with Ben are a little over, but none of them get to like 60%. Well, these guys are hitting 100 right now. You know, I mean, they're hitting a 1,000. Like, it's bound to come back to the meet.
0: You're absolutely right.
2: It I'm, I'm just not, is, right. I'm
0: not the biggest analytics guy in the history of the world.
2: <laughs> but I get where you're coming from. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: there's some logic behind it. It's almost hidden vigorous that, you, you know, they're 8-3, and, and I'm certainly not going to Criticize them for being 8-3. and three. No, I, there's an arc to win in those games. I'm, I'm going to applaud degree. them for doing it as, as resourcefully as they have. But I'm also not going to expect them to keep winning at that pace.
2: No, I don't look at them and say, wow, they're the best team in the division or they're one of the best teams in the league. Frankly, I think Cincinnati's a better football team than them right now and is playing better than them right now. Um, but they're formidable. I mean, clearly. It sounds like we're sitting here cutting on the Ravens. Well, they're playing a lot better than Steelers.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the big issues, uh, you mentioned that uh, they're very hard to run against. They are. So, even if you're getting thrown on, being able to stop the run is As valuable. Sure. Uh sure. The kicker can kick it coming off the bus. That's unbelievable. If they cross the 50-yard line, they're going to get points. Right, right. And it's then a weapon. Then there's the Lamar Jackson factor, and I know he hasn't thrown the ball that well of late. I thought he was better earlier in the year than he is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Four interceptions against the Browns, and yet he makes two or three plays
2: a game that I don't think anybody else in the league can make. Right, and frankly, he hasn't been on his game, but I bet he plays better in this one than he did against Cleveland. I mean, that was kind of an anomaly to me in terms of his passing, his decision-making, forcing the ball to Andrews at times. And he he always has the trump card, though. He always has the joker up his sleeve, the ace up your sleeve that – I can improv, or I can out-athlete you, and he sees the game extremely well. He's very special. I mean, with all respect to Michael Vick, who I remember in his prime, he's not – Lamar's better. <laughs> I mean, he's just different. He's harder to play against than all those guys. He, uh, he
0: has, He's thrown his share picks, not just uh, Sunday no, yeah. night. He, he lost two fumbles in that overtime loss at the Raiders that started the season for the they Raiders. They take
2: a lot of sacks, too. A and lot of negative plays on offense.
0: can get a sack, but uh, these guys will go for it on fourth down. Oh, yeah. And when they do, a lot of times they put it in Lamar's hands and just say, make a play. Get us the yard we need. Get us the two yards we
2: need. Figure it out.
0: Yeah, and he usually does. And if they're making it up as they go along, it makes it a little tougher to scheme, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> I mean, he certainly does. I mean, a lot of things are off script, but – it's not like he's bad on script most of the time. Again, this past week was a little bit of a anomaly, and he guess he was coming off a very serious illness too. It wasn't COVID, but that's why he missed the Bears game. Um, they're well coached. I mean, I think the passing game has come along. Marquise Brown and Andrews are formidable. Bateman's going to be a good player. Um, you know, think about that with this team. But they're they're throwing the ball. A much higher percentage than they did in other Lamar years. You know, I mean, they're they're trying to expand what they do offensively, and it, for the most part, it's working. Yeah, it's
0: he's completed sixty four point two percent of his passes, uh, twelve picks to go along with fifteen TDs, which is not great. Mm-hmm. But then you factor in that he's uh, rushed for seven hundred and seven yards, which by far the Ravens' leading rusher. Sure, uh, more than uh, two to one over Devonta Freeman, who's the uh, number two rusher on the team, and. I you know, think Lamar's
2: like the fifth leading rusher in the league. The number one running back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, it's, right. it's
0: weird. You're not supposed to be able to win with a quarterback-driven running game, and they, they it,
2: are. The Ravens are winning. Yep. Jackson's
0: rating is only 87.5. That's okay. well. That's well done. That's lower than Ben Roethlisberger.
2: Yeah, the last couple of weeks have not helped him, especially this past week. I'm sure.
0: Kind of devalues passer rating while I sit here and think about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: say passer rating to me is not my favorite stat. If you look to at those two with. guys,
0: who are you picking? <laughs> who do pick you rather play against? Right, yeah. right,
2: exactly. And one thing that has they they had a lot of big plays and a lot of deep passing early in the season. They have not been as successful with that lately. They do have some disturbing trends from a, a Ravens perspective over the last couple of weeks. I mean, not putting up a ton of points, turn the ball over too much, things like that. But I also expect this team to get it right. I mean, I mentioned it's a good, strong organization, coaching staff. Everyone listening knows that. But uh, I'm sure that they are self-scouting to no end, too, and going to get things right. And I think Lamar wasn't particularly healthy last week, They're coming back off a, a major illness. We talked on this show last week about Mike Tomlin shoving all the chips into
0: the middle of the table and How'd that go? basically saying you got to win this game or else. Mm-hmm. Well, what does or else look like for the
2: 5-5-1 and one Steelers? I don't think it's pretty. Uh, I mean, in a way, their upcoming schedule to me is a blessing because they need to hand losses to those teams up on the schedule. You know, so maybe you get wiped out because they're good teams. Well, then you didn't deserve to be there anyway. But if you can hand out some losses to these opponents, you can keep your head above water. But I mean, like Cam Hayward said, though, if they play anything close to like what we saw in Cincinnati, they're not beating anybody, let alone the Ravens. Although I'm I'm with you on the
0: the schedule, you still have the Ravens twice mm-hmm. and the Browns once, right? Out of your final six, you, that's what you want. If you can get those three somehow, then you're in it. Then you're you're in a it. factor in the division. Now the other ones, what's Minnesota going to look like without Dalvin Cook?
2: Right. Uh, short week on the road too, and right.
0: What's Tennessee? Is is Tennessee starting to? Oh, I think they're a bad team right now. Starting right the inevitable now. descent without Derrick Henry. Without question. And then you know. Kansas City probably won't have anything wrapped up uh, by the time the Steelers
2: have to go there. But but they're figuring uh, things out. <laughs> I don't like the Steelers' chances in that one. Funny
0: league, and, you know, it's a week-to-week league, and, and you never know. Um, this much uh, really surprised me about the Steelers, and that is that despite Tomlin's declaration that, the, you know, this is the game mm-hmm. against the Bengals, they just did not – they weren't competitive, not just on the score, but – they were easy mm-hmm. to play against, to use a hockey term. I know you like uh, the plugs.
2: I, I, I use that one a lot. Yeah, they they, they become wor- too easy to play against.
0: When when you get out physical in both trenches, I think one side you can work around it. Mm-hmm. Two is a deal breaker.
2: And they don't have the playmakers to make up for it, or the Lamar-like quarterback when things go wrong to improv and things like that. They have to play a certain script, and boy, did that script go right in the right in the toilet from from the from the get go and. Um, losing at both lines of scrimmage, and I think Coach Solomon even said this right after the game, it's like, that's how this league can go. You start getting – you lose at both lines of scrimmage, this is often the result, and he's 100% right. I expect the Steelers not to get bullied like that. I mean, that would blow me away if that happens another game in a row. But, boy, the Steelers run defense, I mean, this isn't a one-time thing.
0: No, and it, you could even – that Chargers game, they gave up a lot of yards, but 90 of them were to the quarterback, and I know they're mm-hmm. responsible for that. right. But to me, vacating a rush lane or rushing too deep, making a mistake that way is way different
2: than lining up with your hand in the ground and getting moved and back. Yeah, I 100% agree. And also, not to, the Ravens are also a little different. I mean, of course they're a great running team. Of course they are. But they're not going to just run outside zone at you time and time again, too. I mean, a lot of it's misdirection and how you play things and being in the proper gap and adjusting to – Lamar keeping it or handing it and things like that. I mean, they play different than any team in the league while well, the Eagles are starting to get that way too. So playing against them, I think, is a huge advantage. You know, you've seen this before at least. People who play Lamar the first time often are like, I didn't realize he was that fast. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's until you actually line up against them.
0: Yeah, if the, you know, if they're at all capable of making a stand, you would figure back home – Right, coming off of what they're coming off of, and the you know the standings being what they are, uh, they got to be aware that uh, maybe Mike Tomlin was one week premature in his now or never kind of vibe that he put out last week, but well said, yeah. certainly applies this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I if it if they lose, I got to think it's probably close to over. If they get embarrassed like this, they start to look at it and be like, can they get any of those wins coming up? You know, who, who knows? I mean, is this the beginning of the end or is this the bounce back time or the the, uh, beginning of the end probably happened a couple weeks ago we've
0: got a lot more to get to tonight so uh keep it here matt and i are going to be here until eight o'clock when we come back we will be joined by the third member of our thursday night team merrill hodge and we're going to talk to merrill about blitzing lamar jackson a little bit and dolphins tried that seemed to work out okay sure did back on november the 11th and uh maybe a Steelers defense that's gotten away from blitzing but has also uh, talked uh, this week, at least the coaches have, about changing some things up and uh, trying to shake some uh, effectiveness out of the group. Maybe that's the answer. We'll see what uh, Merrill has to say about that, uh, so keep it here. With Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE.
2: Back to the Steelers preview show presented by Unibet on DVE.
0: Welcome back to the preview. Mike Persuda and Matt Williamson getting you ready for the Ravens at the Steelers on Sunday at Heinz Field. Time now to welcome Merrill Hodge to the show as we do every week. And before we get to the nuts and bolts of what we're about to receive, Merrill, I got to offer again my condolences in case people missed your appearance on the DVE morning show this week. You had vowed that you were going to shoot your Thanksgiving turkey or not eat one, and <laughs> and you didn't get one. And I feel terrible <laughs> about that. I was overloading on turkey. I was gorging myself on turkey. And then poor Merrill, all he had was, I don't know what. i, 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 I feel Rotisserie for you. Rotisserie
1: chicken. Rotisserie chicken. You always have a backup. Always have a backup. You know, and really, I mean, who's the wiser? You know, white meat, dark meat, close your eyes. Who would know it's turkey or chicken? <laughs> You
2: know? It Sounds like yeah, you're accepting today. defeat, though. Yeah, well, I you
1: know. I'm actually, I'm, you need to have a plan. You need to have a backup plan. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. In case the first plan doesn't work.
0: Did you come close, or was it Turkey 41 Hodge 10?
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there was a, a beatdown. Let's just put it that way. A beatdown. That's the best way to put it. That's how it happens in the woods. I try to tell you all the time. People that, you know, I get people that are kind of like against hunting. You know, oh, I don't want to hunt. I go, listen. Hunting is 99% sightseeing and hiking. All right? There's only like 1%. fuck you actually see something and you're able to harvest something. All right? 1%. So if you like hiking and sightseeing, you ought to come out with me
0: because it's fun. <laughs> it might take you up on that, but uh, I want to <laughs> try to get through Sunday first. Is that manageable, possible, remotely an option for a Steeler team that got turkeyed in Cincinnati?
1: Uh, You know, um, (laughs) I tell you this, that's a hard one to answer just because, you know, listen, you have enough evidence where can they respond? Sure. I mean, watch what they did in Cleveland. Okay. They absolutely dominated the line of screen, played the run um, in the way you should play the run. And you have to play the run to be successful in this league. Um, offensively, they had success and they had good balance. Um, but, you know, early since then, it just kind of ha- it hasn't been there on either side of the ball. Now, I can just attest to this. I mean, I don't – this is probably Captain Obvious because, you know, Steelers fans aren't idiots. I mean, they watch the division. I mean, this Raven offense is – I mean, it is, a, it is the most dynamic running attack in all of football. Um, the way they go about it you – know, like their staple run. You know, which may or may not mean something to to people, but it, it does to the opponent. Like see Steelers clearly know this; they run a power O. Okay, and a power O, teams that are committed to that, I'm gonna tell you this from my experience, they're committed to running the football, and they want to run it in a in a physical fashion. What is different about them in a power O? They do it in about eight different ways. I mean, it, you, you have to really study it to see it's really a power O. But you know, the running back could be taking it, the quarterback could be taking it you just do it in a whole host of ways. Um, they do some read, you know, their read option um, is not always the read option when it looks like the quarterback is, is, ha- you know, reading something and the way he hands the ball and stands there, you know, that that's usually sometimes that's a designated run, not a read option. So they do a, a mixture of things that, challenge the defense to be extremely disciplined and make sure they they trust what they see and they're where they need to be more than any running game they're going to face. You have to do that with this team. And one thing, you know, listen, the last couple of years they've handled their running game pretty well, though. You know, they've matched up, you know. I I forget what formation they call them. I mean, I call it an elephant or a bully formation. They got those two tight ends and I'm trying to think of 42's last name. Patrick
2: Ricard, the fullback. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Ricard. 300-pound fullback, yeah. Oh my gosh! There's I mean, <laughs> nobody that's, like that's, him in the league. That,
1: yeah, that's a walking defensive tackle. You know, in the backfield, that there's <laughs> little. He reminds me of a grizzly bear. Be with you, I mean, this guy can maul you. I mean, he digs people out. He's a guy. He's a kind of blocker. Where I I use the term, he digs you out. He don't block you. He moves you. And the Steelers use their five linebackers. They did this in the last couple of years. They've used that against their package and actually had success against it. Their read option, which I'm telling you, I go back to. When RG3 first came in the league, you know they did it. That's when you kind of saw a lot of the run option being used, and it was actually the Ravens, ironically, as I'm, you know, I watched the entire league. this was like 10 years ago. Whenever RG3 came in the league, everybody was trying to play that read defender, you know, trying to get him to, you know, see it and read it right, right? Okay, the Ravens walked in and they're like, you know what, we ain't doing any of that. If you're gonna leave our guy on block, we're gonna go hit your quarterback and that's exactly what they did. Bill, Bill Belichick always does that. He lets that you Think about it from a, just from a schematic perspective. You're not going to block this guy. Why would you let him sit there and put him in an awful position where he, had, he could be fooled? Let him go attack. Well, that's what the Steelers did really last year. They attacked. That guy that was being read was unblocked. He went. And what that does, you can make it that the quarterback now has to give the ball off. And don't let don't put it in his hands. You know the Patriots when they played the Broncos right after the Broncos beat the Steelers in the playoff game. Well, what did they do with Tim Tebow? They did the opposite. They're like, no, we want it in your hands because you can't outrun anybody. We're going to force you to the perimeter, and you ain't even going to run our defensive tackle. We're going to we'll destroy you. And so there's ways you got to you go about it. You know schematically you ride it up, and then you got to execute it. Well, they have executed it. You know, and you know I know people are hurt. and I know it may or may not be there. But And yes, you want your best guys, but that still doesn't mean you abort some schemes that have worked with you before and even create some others that can really disrupt their running game. Because if you can do that, then you force them where they don't want to be. You force them to throw it in certain environments where it's, you can pressure him. You can get after the quarterback and you can for, force him to to do what he doesn't do well, which is throw with great anticipation. He does not do that very well. And people get that confused by when when they see him throw a bomb or they see him throw an intermediate pass. Yes, he can make all those throws, but all those throws are not when you have to identify pressure and throw it before the wide receiver has come out of his break. He doesn't trust that. He's never done it. Didn't do it at Louisville. He's never done it in the National Football League. And he'll hesitate. You you don't have time in this league to hesitate. So if you can get him in those environments, in that position, you clearly can win, you know, from – a defensive side. And I know you still have to have the offensive side, but if you don't control that, you got no shot And which is ultimately none. what they got to do. None. Yeah. They got none. They they got none. They, they'll control the game. um, They'll score points and they'll put you in a bad spot and it's, and it's over. That's why they will always be in every game because of the things that are true in the history of the, of the national football league. They control the tempo. They stop the run. They run the ball. Great. So, they might not have a great day. Case in point, last week, passing game, they have a good day. But they did all those other things right to keep them in the game. That if they did just a couple things right, they could win it, which they did.
2: Merrill, uh, the Steelers sure could have used the uh, Casey Hampton, Joel Steed, Vince Wilfork type these past couple of weeks. But this week, to me, I contend you'd rather have speed on defense. You know, I mean, it's not all about just power. But that's the the problem the Ravens create is they can also bully you. Yeah,
1: well, you know, I, I would tend to agree. Other than you know they do such a good job of getting double teams and movement. So if you're going to, to your point, the one thing you can do is create movement. You know, you shift, you know, you slant and you scrape things. Now, when you slant and scrape things, you blow things up because it's very hard for the offensive guy to account for you you know you're standing there and all of a sudden the guy slants across my face takes me off of you and you scrape over the bar bo- i miss you well the problem with that is if we get you <laughs> then you're going to be out the door you're out the gate because mm-hmm. we used to play teams like that and we're like hey listen they will blow runs up but we're gonna we're gonna pop one on them and as soon as we pop one on them, they're done doing that which was was always true So you can do some things, they don't have to be a strategic, you know, then your coordinator has to really be in sync with when you do it, you know? Um, You know, actually the Steelers did a little bit of that in the first matchup game with the Bengals. Remember they had all those injuries, the Bengals gashed them early. And so what they did is they started to do that. They stood their linebackers up, made it a little confusing off the offensive line of who you're going to double to. And then they attacked a gap before they could get there. And, you know, create a penetration that way, which is the number one killer in the running game. So that can surely be. If that's what they end up being with a personnel, they feel like they got more speed and they can't just line up and play the power game with them, then, yeah, that's a great great way to go about it. You you just can get caught. And if you get caught, it's not like a 10-yard run. It's usually a touchdown.
0: Merrill, uh, Miami, back on November the 11th, Blitzed getting off the bus. Uh, The two safeties had blitzed more at the time than any DB had in the league this year. A lot of zero blitz. And it ended up being Lamar Jackson's least productive game statistically in his starting quarterback career. Now, Cleveland didn't follow the same path, but almost did as well. uh, But for a couple of miracle plays that uh, Jackson's athleticism produced, if you were coordinating the Steelers' defense, would you attack or play coverage?
1: Attack. Right? You give, now go look at the Colts. The Colts did exactly what you don't do against Lamar Jackson. You don't rush for you know because hey, listen, they do pretty. If you are going to give four, they're going to give you time. You do not want to give that cat time and be creative. That is where he is at his best and most dangerous. If you look at and my, listen. You don't even have to take my word for it. Miami told you everything about Lamar Jackson. Okay. An NFL coaching staff, great mind, blitzed him like I had never seen before. I can't even recall. And so 40 years of being playing this game, studying this game, I can't recall a blitz fest like that. I can't recall it. They did that. If they chose to do that, why would they choose to do that? It's very simple. He doesn't handle that very well. That's where he struggles in the passing game. It's those anticipating throws where it's third and five. I run a six-yard speed, and that ball has to come out before the break. So when the break happens and the receiver gets his head around, he catches it. Lamar wants to see it, and that's why he hesitates. He did it in Louisville. Almost every close critical game, I remember the first game they played against Kansas City, they got him in a third and five, did the same thing to him. He hesitates. When he goes to throw, he gets sacked. Game over playoff game um games miami game i mean you could, with all those games that you can get him in that he doesn't play well like that that's the area of the passing game he has not been able to get over the hurdle yet um i don't know if he ever will there's more evidence says he won't because there's nothing to say he will so yes i would come at him because he doesn't trust things he, like you watch it. he'll hold hold the ball hold the ball and flinch and flinch and then he finally lets it go if he has time but by that oftentimes. You just don't have that much time. Now Miami got him a lot of third and tens too, you know, but I'm telling you if it was third down and it was six long, they were coming. And if you looked at the overall debacle was, it wasn't all Lamar either. You know, the, the, the offensive line got roasted in the media, you know, and on morning shows about being awful. That offensive line gave up one sack or even one pressure. Okay. They only mess up. It was the tight end and the running backs. Ironically, Le'Veon Bell making most of the mistakes. It was the perimeter blockers. That's what kills me. Like you get a blitz and quarterback sack off oh, the due line. Okay, well, listen, tight ends are responsible, back's responsible, even your quarterback's responsible. It's not always on the off due line. That off the line did a great job actually against Miami. It was the perimeter blockers and it was the quarterback that was the problem. Now they do build things in. see, this tells you everything too. You just watch how they go about calling plays. It's third and 10 and they smoke it. What a smoke is like you just turn and throw it to the wide receiver and try to get a a screen on the outside. Why do they do that? Well, sure. They're anticipating pressure. Their quarterback doesn't throw with great anticipation. So let's not do that to him. Let's let him get the ball out and see if we can make a play on the, on the perimeter. They, they design things like that to help him out, to, to take him out of what he doesn't do well right now. So, Again today, absolutely. You get a spot to come at him. I would come at him all day long and make him prove to me he can do it because he has not done it yet.
2: Merrill, just to stick with that Miami approach. I mean, for people that don't didn't watch the game or weren't studying it. I mean, they really put like seven guys on the line of scrimmage. A lot of them are yeah. safeties and linebackers and guys that can run. No second-level defenders at all, and then sort of a four-man picket fence you know, as the last layer of defense, but not super deep. I mean, it, it was extremely successful for all the reasons you laid out, but if he could get that ball to Marquise Brown now and he breaks one tackle, it's an 80-yard gain though, right?
1: You're 100% right. Yeah, it's risky. That's when he doesn't do well. Right, that's, right. What, risky, risky if you – if that's – if he if he threw the ball with great anticipation. Mm-hmm. Okay, you so, that is what he doesn't do well, and that, that's where people get confused when you're saying he struggles in the passing game. This is the area he struggles in. Can he throw the deep ball? Can he throw an intermediate round? They attack. They do half-field reads. They do they do hard-run action. It's not a hard read. It's either, it's either here, check down, or run. Okay, That's not difficult. He does that great, and he can do that. And if they can keep you there, he will kill you in that. But now flip the script to your point. You have to throw with anticipation. I mean, that ball has to come out before he gets out of the break. But once he's out of the break, ball has to be there. He doesn't do that well. Mm -hmm. He's never really done that well. And you force him to do that, you'll see him. He'll sit there. He'll he'll be ready to throw, and he's 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 just waiting for you to get out of your break. He did it all the time at Louisville, but it's not a big deal in college, okay? Because eventually the guy gets open. There's not many throws, or he goes and runs for a touchdown. Well, not in the NFL. He's just not going to do that. So, yes, there's no evidence to prove he's going to beat you like that. So that's what my point is.
0: Yeah.
1: Why did Miami do that? These are NFL coaches. They're in the national football league. They chose to operate like that. That tells you everything. They know who he is. They know what he's good at, and they know what he's not good at. And they exploited that. So if you ever wanted some evidence to go, listen, you got one team – Listen, everybody who's attacking like that, I don't know what the Colts are thinking. When I was watching that game, I was like, You've got to be kidding me. I mean, that offensive court coordinator, I don't know what he was thinking. Why you would even do that. They had that game wrapped up. They had exactly where they wanted to be and they let him off the hook.
0: Merrill, does the Steelers defense without T J Watt and maybe without Joe Hayden have the capability to make that work?
1: It's gonna be hard. You know, um, now, when you come about, you know, listen, here's what TJ gives you. You know, they're going to count for him. So, you know, you can kind of count. There's going to be maybe the back or tight end, you know, where you, you, they're going to slide. You can give. You, know, you can, that can help you from a caller's perspective and a scheme perspective and a pressure perspective. You can bait him and use him. You know, they're going to slide left and let the bell him and let's pressure on the other side. You lose that. You, you do lose that. So it's harder. It's harder, but, you know, I go back to some of the things they've done over the last couple of years, and, um, listen, you got nothing to lose at this point, <laughs> you know? I mean, <laughs> Agreed. I the guns yeah, would well. gun be blazing on this one. I, I would not be playing this, Hey, listen, let's just, you know, see if we can get some pressure with our four, keep him in, let, don't let him escape vertically, make him escape laterally, and then rally to it. I mean, I just wouldn't play it. I mean, I'd go out with my guns blazing on this one, so, that doesn't mean being reckless and and careless you' strategically got to plan right and execute things but i would I would have a heavy pressure package and try to create some type of front look and movement to help to discourage i mean make like have them struggle identifying who they're blocking to confuse them in their running game and then you're you're downhill attackers
2: Meryl, you mentioned you know he's seen a lot more blitz and uh, from what I've noticed, I don't know if you agree, but I mean it, teams are a lot more apt to, to play man coverage against the Ravens now than early in Lamar's career, too. And some of their receivers haven't proven to be able to get off it, right? Which I mean, which is Miami. Miami did that, uh, yeah. and and you're
1: right, um, and that's why you've you got to be so good up front. You know, if he escapes, he escapes laterally. You know, you just can't let him get vertically on you. You know, and that's what Miami did a good job of too. It's probably, they probably got, a, um, and, and they had a, usually a free guy, you know, and they, they brought eight guys sometimes, which was on the quarterback now, you know, and there's I mean, there a couple of times, I mean, you could see the guys ran the hot, they knew they were hot and the ball didn't come out because this Lamar just is not, he does not, I'm telling you, he, he wants to, he wants to see you. And, and that guy accounted for him and he had nowhere to escape, you know, quickly if he escaped anywhere, he started to move laterally and back. and That's what you ultimately have to do when you do that type of pressure. Then it doesn't hurt that your guys are running with their backs turned covering because you've done your job in the box.
0: Merrill, I think we got Lamar figured out. How do the Steelers score points? <laughs> Boy. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, giving you the hard good, ones good, tonight. We, I'm sorry. Yeah, we <laughs> we, got another 30, we, got a, we got another 30 minutes on the field, don't we? Um, <laughs> I, you know – I, I, I just – this offensive line has I, – I mean, listen, I know the coaches have to be frustrated. They they look like they did the first month.
0: It's not working, you know? is it?
1: Um, yeah, they just – you know, and their rookies are really struggling. I mean, really. And, you know, this is a time of year where, you know, it's getting long, long for them. You know, um, your left tackle had a bad, bad day. I mean, you know, everybody did. I mean, I, that's the problem. It's like everybody – it's not just the rookies, even though they're really – you know, Green is it. He he's going to get better, but he plays too high. He's not big enough guy to play like that. Most people aren't, and he just gets destroyed at the line of scrimmage. Just pushed in the back. You know, I mean, it's not like he can't bend in. either. He
2: just plays high. No, I know.
1: Right. And he, there's there's times when he he does it right, but anyway, that's going to be he'll be better, but that's going to take a while to get better. It's not going to get better this season. You your left guard keeps making mistakes and missing people. I mean your right guard um, and just as a whole they don't play well together you know and when you watch other teams too you just like they 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 probably struggle more than most that I see in the NFL you know, It's you get run and pass you know I mean Najee Harris gosh dang he had nothing last two weeks he's had nothing no hope anywhere um, and that's and, you know, shoot, a lot of bends, throws, you know, that pick, you know, it, it looked like it, it was a bad throw. Sure, it was a bad throw because he had 500 pounds in his lap when he went to step into the throw, you know, tackle, get driven back and hits you in the chest just as you're going to throw it because, you know, you got to have velocity on it and shoot, there's even nothing. You know, you miss that throw, worst case, you don't throw a pick, but if you're delayed and the ball doesn't have what you need on it, then it's going to be a pick and you just can't can't fill the ball when you got people in your lap like that so quick. You know, um so but they have shown that they they can respond. You know, there's been moments where they played so so well. I just it's kind of uh, frustrating to see how they've uh, they kind of fallen back into what they were they were originally playing. The teams are going to continue to challenge that. I will guarantee you the Ravens are going to move a lot. They're going to move the fronts a lot. They're going to cuz these guys get they get confused quick. They lose people quick. You know, you shift on them. You, you you do a subtle shift, and they 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 just they they lose people. They lose people, and they're running free. And it's the people that are really most important. You know, you always tell the runner you're going to be accountable for somebody. who can't block, and that's usually the safety drop in the box late, but not the dang linebacker that's right in the middle of the field where we're trying to run. You know those guys are being missed, and that's just you can't win like that. These guys and the Ravens are going to—they'll do everything they can to um, to make that harder on them. They're not going to make it easy on them.
0: Merrill, last thing for you—I uh, keep waiting for you to say never underestimate a professional who's been embarrassed. <laughs> is, is that yeah. the is that the ace uh, that the Steelers are going to pull out of their sleeve and say, "Hey, we're embarrassed. Now we're going to play
1: way better than last week." Well you had two you have two weeks of it. Okay. Not not one. You got two. You know, you could argue three. You <laughs> know, you could be Oh could convincingly. Be oh sense. yeah, strong convincingly. argument. Convincingly. Okay? <laughs> right. You you're percolating sense the sense of line law. So this is kinda be at this point, you gotta be beside yourself and um you gotta the talk I'm sure around these jobs are on the line here too. Okay, it's in like college, we're not on a scholarship, okay, jobs jobs if, that does, if there's nothing that gets one of the players attention it's your job you might have that might have that job as much as you think you've showed up you know a guy like chase claypool i mean for whatever reason that kid thought he arrived you know he had a rookie year and he did too many commercials and has read too many clippings um he's a mere shadow of himself his routes are terrible goes in and puts a two hand touch on people and gets out of the box as quick as possible. It's embarrassing actually, you know, to see what he was last year to where he is this year. Um the way they play or the lack of energy and effort and commitment that they play to the team and to get better. Um is just not there. And you're just not gonna be a championship team with effort like that, you know, and nobody decides, you know, once you think you've arrived, that's probably the quickest way that the door is going to show you out of here. So somebody he's gonna have to wake up, you know, and better be sooner, sooner than later. So let's hope they all feel that way and see that way. You, you got some. Listen, Cam Hayward, you ain't you never have to worry about that. But you know, Cam Hayward, you know, is, is responsible for Cam every Sunday. Yeah. He can't continue to motivate people and, and um, scare him into playing right.
0: You know? Yeah, I need ten more of those guy of that guy, and I think uh, they're in good a shape. So Amen. Amen Amen on that. Meryl, yes. appreciate it as always. Again, condolences about the Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> uh, next year, boys. I hope you're not hunting for Christmas. That bad. I hope you're not hunting for Christmas goose or anything like that. And if you are, Amen. better luck next time.
1: Amen, brother. I I'm gonna have to consider that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meryl Hodge here on the preview. Uh, Matt and I still have a few more details to get to before we get out of here at eight o'clock tonight. So keep it right here with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5
2: DVE. Back to the Steelers Preview Show presented by Unibet on DVE.
0: Welcome back to the preview, Mike Persuda and Matt Williamson, finishing things off tonight. Matt, I want to close with this. When the season started in Buffalo, and they got out of Buffalo yeah, with how about a victory that?
2: It was about a hundred years ago,
0: I thought I saw a Blueprint play very good defense. Mm-hmm. Don't make the catastrophic mistake on offense. Win special teams. Try to
2: establish some sort of running game as the season goes on.
0: And if you have to, win it in the fourth quarter. Right. I I see this team as way less capable
2: of playing that way now, and I don't have an alternative to victory. Right, 100%. I mean, I always bring this up with the Ravens. First of all, they're, they're better than everyone on special teams. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't get a bounce or Tucker can't miss a kick or whatever. But that's, you know, playing in the margins. And really, to your point, the offense hasn't gotten better or you know, they haven't developed any other tricks and are too easy to play against. That seems to be something we've brought up three or four times in the last hour, and the defense has crumbled. I mean, it's crumbled. Yeah, I never
0: would expect the, the interior, uh, even though I was you know, not necessarily counting on Stephon Tuitt at the start of the year based on his circumstances, sure. but I didn't think losing us. Uh, Tyson Alley would be the deal breaker that turned out to be. Oh, they could!
2: boy, could they use him.
0: And because of uh, Watt's periodic absences, and I don't think Highsmith has progressed as a disciplined right. edge setter. You yeah. are what you are, and it ain't good enough.
2: Without question. I mean, I said many times after they, they traded for Schobert, this is the best front seven in the league. <laughs> and now I chuckle.
0: Maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) That's going to do it for tonight. I want to thank Shirtless Tom behind the glass for keeping things running smoothly. Thanks to Merrill for joining us, as he always does. And thank you for finding us, however, and wherever you found us. Reminder uh, that next week we're going to be on the air on Wednesday from 7 to 8 right here on DVE and SNR. The game next week is at Minnesota. Until then, for Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. Thanks for listening. This has been Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everyone.